There's a lot happening everywhere in the world and I think having a global footprint allows you to adjust to different micro scenarios. Um, and so, listen, I'm building VaynerMedia to buy businesses and run those businesses through the communications infrastructure. So I want to be able to, if the global economy melts and Vegemite is for sale and I can buy it and rebrand it or brand it in, in Central America and I think that's the arbitrage, I want to be in a structural position to do that and that's why I want to be in every market. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Gary, thanks for your time, mate. Real pleasure. Mate, just a few questions. So I've been watching VaynerMedia for the past few years. You're going through some insane growth. How do you maintain the quality and the growth at the same time? Um, by recognizing that I don't have the luxury of picking quality, meaning I'm not ideological or romantic. All I have to do is deliver for my customer more than they get from somebody else. And I think a lot of people make quality in explosive growth an internal insecurity or ideology. And for me, I just think, will this client get more bang from their buck from me than if they hired somebody else? And truth be told, I think that we're built in such a contemporary way that is actually proper to today's world that it's highly likely that even on a bad day, the million dollars you spend with VaynerMedia is going to be a far more efficient spend than you would spend with somebody else, which allows me to not be crippled, and then I'm in charge of quality control. It's a game of firing. It's having the humility to admit your mistakes and move on from senior executives. And so, the only thing that matches my confidence is my humility, so I'm comfortable in admitting mistakes through action. And I'm not crippled by the quality question because my client will fire me if I'm not delivering on quality. Make sense? Yeah, 100%. In the early days, I, uh, we grew from one person to 400 in about two years, and our quality probably wasn't there because we didn't have the systems or the processes in place. Are you guys investing heavily into systems and processes? Because you guys are at a massive scale now. We probably do because, you know, whether it's our CFO or our other business leaders, there's probably a lot of T's and I's being crossed by people outside of me. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I think that, um, I think bad systems tend to come at the expense of our margin more so than the expense of, as a client service provider, at the expense of clients. Yeah. Clients take advantage of bad systems by agencies because they get more out of them, right? So, so because I want to be disproportionately aligned with my client, yeah. I've almost been happy that they can do that. Mm. I, don't, I don't feel any anxiety of them whispering to their executive branch, we're getting a really good deal with Vayner, they're scrapping super hard, they're not adding you know, costs to us or billing us for extra hours. Um, I think that's our strength. So mate, you've got LA, New York, London, and Tennessee. We do have an office in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and now we're opening up Singapore. Oh, mm-hmm. in Singapore. And Chattanooga has switched to the Sasha Group. Okay. So Vayner Media now sits under a holding company I created called Vayner X. Okay. And um, we started a separate agency for small businesses mm-hmm. because 90% of the inquiries to our website were from SMBs, yeah. but we were built for Fortune 1000. Is that in the US? 
uh, and globally, but predominantly U.S. And uh, so we started something called the Sasha Group to service them. And the Chattanooga office became a Sasha Group office. Uh, mainly because I anticipate eventually opening an office in Atlanta for VaynerMedia. Okay. Because I'm very fond of that market. Um, so yes, those are the places so we are. An office in Singapore, so do I. If we're not competing with each other. I mean, look, I think, I think you'll appreciate this and this will make sense to you. You know, from the little I know and in our banter, I always believe that you can't slow down winners. Yeah. And I love competition. It makes it better. Yeah, and, and honestly, for me, it's like, you know, I think everybody does it differently. For me, uh, if we're competing in that market, it's not that I'm gonna look at what you're doing. Like, I, I'm not the kind of person that will look at what you're doing, appreciate it, and try to add that to my game, which I think a lot of people do well in sports and business. My thing is that I'm so focused on what I'm doing and I'm making assumptions that you're gonna do great too and that it's, there's so much abundance do I want to lose a pitch to you for Nike Southeast Asia? Absolutely not. Do I think that there's 95% of other people that stink and if somebody's good, they deserve to win business? I absolutely do. I think it's very bad business to suppress or be petty with other winners. I watch people do it with me all the time and I laugh, I'm like, you're your keyboard hate is not gonna stop my growth. And it's common. <laughs> it's super common. Uh, I would argue keyboard hate fuels my growth. Mm. Good mate. So when are you gonna open up in Australia? That's the, uh, that's the question. Soon. Okay. You know, whether that's two years from now, four years from now, nine years from now. Um, I'd like to be in Australia at some point. I'd like to be in mainland China. I'd like to be in Central America. I'd like to be in South America. Um, but I don't, America. yeah. I'm going to open an office there in the next six weeks. Good for you. Yeah, it's where it's. Where are you looking at? Panama. Very cool. Yeah. So I think there's a lot happening over there at the moment. There's a lot happening everywhere in the world and I think having a global footprint allows you to adjust to different micro scenarios. Yeah. Um, and so, listen, I'm building VaynerMedia to buy businesses and run those businesses through the communications infrastructure. So I want to be able to, if, the global economy melts and Vegemite is for sale and I can buy it and rebrand it or brand it in, in Central America and I think that's the arbitrage, I want to be in a structural position to do that and that's why I want to be in every market. Yeah, makes sense. So since you launched VaynerMedia, what's been the biggest mistake or biggest fuck up you've had in the past eight years? I mean, I've, I've made an enormous amount of mistakes. Um, I think it's taken me a long time to understand the buying decision cycle of clients. You know, I come from retail, so November, December is like when I get serious. And I think conditioning-wise, I haven't been as strong in June, July, August, September to lock up clients for the next year. Uh, I think that, um, I think we've made endless hiring mistakes. Uh, I think I made. I think we've created entitlement in the first five years that led to a little bit of a tough patch in year six and seven. Um, I think that we've been passive in going after business. So much business comes our way. We've not diversified our portfolio in more B two B clients because we do it well. Airlines, hotels, 
Oh man, I mean, I could probably sit here for 54 podcasts and talk about the things I've done wrong. Your personal brand is basically intertwined with your company. Is that gonna stay like that in the future or are you gonna separate it out? I think that it will stay that way though now that we've laid down the foundation, I do believe that we are now prepared to build the brand of VaynerMedia itself in headlines and work and um, so it's gonna stay the same but it may seem that there's a little bit of a separation because I think I on purpose kept VaynerMedia's size and scale quiet. I thought it was a competitive advantage. Uh, but now we're so big, it's just not under the radar anymore. Yeah. So now I'm more comfortable with it being out. Yeah. Well, mate, the biggest challenge I have when I get home from work, I can't switch off. Right. How do you switch off when you, when you get home? And, and do you switch off, that's the question. I don't switch off, but I usually collapse and go to sleep. You know, I get home very late. Yeah. 11, 12 is pretty consistent for me weekdays. Yeah. So I'm exhausted after 18 hours of, and, I bring, and I bring a lot of energy all those hours. Imagine. You know, when I think about my school career, those eight hours, I probably put out 40 minutes of energy. Um, and I see people do that at work all the time. Yeah. They work for nine hours, but they're really working for an hour. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm going 15 hours and I'm going 15, I'm going 14 hours and 52 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I don't turn off, but I think I just break down and go to sleep. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm never off. I'm only on to something. Yeah, I'm just, things like sports card we were talking about before, those are good distractions, right? Like when I was flying here uh, today on the 14 hour, 15 hour link from LA to here, I slept eight hours, but the other six hours I was on eBay looking for arbitrage to buy soccer cards. So I'm not off, but I'm doing something that is not that serious. So that allows me to, you know, other, you know, somebody next to me may be watching a Avengers movie, and that's how they unplug. Or somebody else might be playing a game. I tend to unplug by doing more business. Stuff, mate. You got your fingers in many, many pies. Uh, Over the next five years, what do you think of next big industries moving forward? I'm very fascinated by TV and film. Okay. I think that. As I've learned more about Hollywood, I think my skill set of storytelling and getting people to pay attention will probably play well there. So I'd be very surprised if I don't, five years from now, have an actual film and actual television shows in the system. Television shows probably on OTT platforms. Um, so that, that's the one that seems obvious to me. What are your thoughts on alternative meat? On alternative meat? I think that. Uh, I know it's a random question. No, it's a great question. Actually, I really like it. I don't, I'm not super educated about it. Yeah. I know it's done extremely well publicly. Uh, I know that one of our athletes in Vayner Sports did some uh, content for it, and we negotiated instead of a small fee mm-hmm. equity, which turned into him making 80 times more money than he would have. So, I'm, good job by my brother AJ and by Derek Morgan, the football player, for being smart enough to take the equity. Uh, but I'm super undereducated on it, its merits, uh, or why people even are so, I just don't know a lot about it. What about you? Uh, mate, I'm a massive believer in it. I think the environmental um, and health benefits, I think it's gonna take off. 
Tyler, didn't the, didn't the FDA approve like red ink into, yeah. there's some stuff that just happened in the US that will allow them to be in supermarkets and adding red dye, which I think yeah, yeah. a lot of people struggle with. So again, these are all headlines for me. One of the things I'm very passionate about is I come in hard on my opinions on things I know about. And as you can see for the last minute, which, which is why I really appreciate your question, I'm unbelievably passive when I'm a headline reader and, and, and enjoy answering I don't know. Yeah. Well, I had a Beyond Burger in the US and an absolute game changer. Amazing. Mate, how important do you think it is for business owners to post content on LinkedIn? I, Instagram I, or Facebook? I, I think it's... It's ad- I think it gives you more of a chance for good things to happen. Yeah. Lisa's been pushing me to post content over the past few months and I'm seeing a lot of benefits from it. Well, if I was as handsome as you, I would be posting probably 200 times a day instead of 100. You know, it's, it, honestly, like, you, you take what you've been given and so I think, I think that, uh, I think it's, I, I think, to me it's like, why not? Yeah. Like, people are so fear-based. They have a big business and they're like, well, I may post something. I'm like, if you, I promise you, if you have racism or sexism in your heart, it's gonna play out whether you post on social or not. I don't know what people are scared of. Uh, I only see benefits from it. It leads to awareness, which leads to consideration, which leads to purchasing. And so I think it's, a, I think it's important to not be full of shit, which is what I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, but I think putting out content of things you know is a big, big move. Mate, lastly, when are you gonna buy the uh, New York Jets? You know, I, I really think if I audit my behavior that I'm in line 20 years from now. Okay. Is that, what are you now, 63, no, 43? Yeah, I'm six, I'll be 63. 63, yeah. Okay. Which I consider extremely young. Um, yeah, I just don't do behavior that leads to quick cash, so my intuition is that I'm a tortoise in a hare's costume. Uh, I'm very patient. I'm building a very slow machine. I happen to be a frantic energy guy, but my behavior is quite calculated and slow. You know, it was fascinating for me to hear you say, are you involved in the business? In a world where currently I am not only the CEO and COO, but we are in hiring for a chief strategy officer and a chief creative officer, and I'm currently holding those things down too. So you're running those interviews? Oh, not only am I running those interviews, I'm the active CSO and CCO. Like the GCDs report to me. The head. Easily. Easily, because I empower good people. Yeah. I don't micromanage. Yeah. Um, I'm not crippled by micro setbacks. Um, I know how to scale. Mate, thanks for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. And more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching.